0: What's up, my babies? How's it going? Good morning, good morning. Um, I don't know about you guys, I woke up to the pleasant surprise of having to clean off my car. Uh, Snow is the worst. I hate winter. Um, It's half the year in Spokane, uh, which leads us to our topic today of mental health. How's that? How's that for a transition? Uh, No, we, we are in a series called A Healthy You, and we've been talking about your spiritual health, your emotional health, your physical health. I found this really ironic um, that last week Dan was preaching, and, and these are his words, not mine, so like, don't get mad at me. But he was like, if you, if you look at me, I'm not, I'm not the epitome of physical health, so I'll bring Jeremy and Jolene up and let them be the experts. Uh, and then no one batted an eye that I would talk about mental health today. Um, which I was like, do I need to bring up an expert? Like, nah, you got this. And um, I'll say this, in case you don't know who I am, or why that would be weird. Uh, my name's Trevor, I'm the elementary pastor. And uh, dude, my brain is straight up banana grams. Uh, it, is, it is the worst kept secret that I have a lot of mental health, mental illness issues uh, and have for quite some time. Let me just kind of give you the, the spark notes version. Um, in about 2018, started experiencing panic attacks and I was like, ah, it's no big deal. And then they started getting worse and I was like, ah, eh, no big deal. And then it started getting like real bad and I was like, man, eh, no big deal. Um, and then one day I was like, oh shoot, big deal. And uh, from, about a, from about November to May, they just got worse and worse and worse till in May I had a 10 day time span where I could not eat food. If I ate, I would throw up. And, uh, and I was just like, oh, this is now my life until I die, uh, which the anxiety built, built, built into a depression where I went, oh, so I'm gonna have this till I die. And I'm either gonna die soon or die in a long time and I started to make a choice that was not the one you would want to make in that moment, okay? Now, that was in 2018, 2019. I've been in therapy for four years. I've been on and off medications of different sorts. Um, and I stand here before you, not to say I'm a healed man, but I am a much healthier individual. So I don't want to get up here and be like, hey, what a, what a downer way to start this service. Uh, but I just want to say that as we talk about this, I'm sort of, a, I'm, like, I'm the LeBron James of being depressed. Um, I'm really good at it. And uh, I've spent a lot of money on therapy, and I'm here to give you what I know. Um, It costs me $82 every time. It will cost you zero today. So you're welcome for that. Uh, So what I thought we'd do is just jump right into it. What I want to start off by doing, though, is saying, hey, this is a mental health sermon, not a mental illness sermon. And there is a difference. Now, mental illness is mental health, but not all mental health is mental illness. So like for me, anxiety disorder, mental illness. Depression, mental illness. Bipolar, mental illness. Schizophrenia, mental illness. OCD, mental illness. I'm not saying that mental health is like less, but you handle them a little bit differently, okay? To say you have a cold versus you have cancer, you handle them differently. Cold is still important. You don't wanna have a cold. It's not as big of a deal. But if you have a cold and you're just like, that's no big deal, and you find out, oh no, I I had pneumonia you don't let it, you know, you don't take care of it, it builds and builds and builds. And that's what we want to avoid with mental health. When we turn on the news, though, mental health is brought up a lot, but I hate the way we talk about it. We, we bring up mental health and we go, hey, it's a mental health issue, not a gun control issue. And we just, we just assume all mental health issues res, result in mass shootings. And like, that's, no, that's, no, <laughs> no. That's a mental illness issue. There's also the thing of, and this is, this is one, it's recent. It's really new for us in society. I love it. It's where we go, hey, Gen Z and millennials are so soft. They take mental health days. <laughs> They're so weak. Oh, I'm sad. I need to play video games. Mental health day. You know, that's, that's not what it is either. Now I have thoughts on mental health days uh, and I, somehow 100% of you would disagree with me on those um, as someone with, with mental health issues. But I want to say it this way for you. Uh, Mental health, as, as far as today is concerned, mental health is a state of mental well-being that enables people to cope with the stresses of life, realize their abilities, learn well, work well, and contribute to their community. Here's what I mean by that. Let me put it very simply. It's your ability to function in your life. There it is. It's your ability to function, uh, to cope with the stresses of your life, realize your abilities, learn and work well, and contribute to your community. So if I were to tell you, hey, I'm in a really good spot in my life right now, mentally speaking, and I'm here, and you go, man, I'm having a really bad day, and I'm here, that's okay. It's not one bar that we all have to, you know, it's not me comparing myself to you. It's you going, hey, how am I doing in my life? So just know like, that's what I'm talking about. I like to compare it to a mirror that if, if I look at a mirror over here and it's, it's a normal mirror, it's my bathroom mirror. What I see in the mirror should be exactly what I am, right? It's, it's a perfect reflection. But if I look over here when I'm mentally unwell, it's a funhouse mirror. It's a little bit warped and the way I look at situations in my life start to not get processed so well. So let me give you an example. Uh, my wife and I, we've been married for just over nine years, and and we are a team. Now, does that mean we always agree? No. Uh, But even when we disagree, the disagreement should be made in in a point of we both want what's best for us. So the moment that I start to look at my marriage and my wife makes a decision, I go, she's out to get me that should be a warning sign that I'm not looking at that through the right lens. Cause again, we can disagree. That's okay. You can disagree with your spouse. Here's your permission. But the second you think my spouse is out to get me, that's bad. Now, side note, different sermon. If your spouse is out to get you, that's really bad. Okay, it's not what we're gonna tackle today. But just so someone's like, no, my spouse is out to get me. Okay, I'm not saying they're not, but like this is beyond my pay grade, okay? Hey, Dan, what's next week? Um, So, uh, something interesting happened, though. Like I said, it's your ability to cope with your life. And then something wild happened in March of 2020, and that is nobody knew how to cope with life. Like, you spent your your entire professional career going, like, it's very important that I wear pants to work. And then one day, we were just like, you don't have to. You don't have to do that anymore. And in fact, by the time we tell you you're going to have to again, you're going to be mad about it. Uh, this other really weird thing happened where we were like, Hey, by the way, you're going to work and probably not have pants on. And you got to homeschool your kids. And you were just like, I don't know how to do that. You know, this is, this is that common core thing where you realize like they changed how everything works and it, common core is not bad. But when you don't know what you're doing, it's wild. So I married a teacher. I want to deal with the next pandemic. I'm covered. You know, uh, another thing happened, guys, we finished Netflix, you spent so much time going like, dude, I don't know what to do because I like to go out and be a social person, but I have to stay home. And Netflix was like, here, just like watch it with friends. Open up a second screen. And we were like, is that the right decision? And we just forgot how to live. I'm an NBA fan. When the NBA opened up basketball games again for the first like two weeks, every game had people running on the court trying to like tackle players. People, this is true. You can look it up on YouTube. It's hilarious. But people forgot how to act in social settings. They said, hey, your ability to interact with your community disappeared. Now, I already told you, like the LeBron of having depression. I'm what we call Alexa professional. I've been doing this a long time. I've got my 10,000 hours in. But around 2020, a bunch of you amateurs started jumping on the bandwagon. You start being like, hey, turns out, did you know that mental health is a big deal? And I was like, I'm very aware, mine's garbage. And you were like, well, we should talk about it some more. Because your mental health, your anxiety, by the way, anxiety, not bad. Anxiety is actually good. It's why you're still alive today. It's your fight or flight response. But what happens is you, you had this, this low fireplace going. It's cozy. It's warm. You know, it's keeping you from freezing to death. It's great. And then you had a global pandemic and you went, oh, you know what? It's a little bit hotter now. My anxiety, it's hotter. Again, not an anxiety disorder, just mental health. So it's a little bit hotter than it was. Uh, then, then you threw in, Oh, and through the midst of this, now i got to take care of my parents. Oh gosh, that's stressful. And my kids are around all the time. It was another log on the fire. And you're like, Oh no, now my, my spouse and I, like we just spend too much time together. And now we're starting to argue. And it was another log on the fire. And, um, guys, I say this because Christmas was like one month ago. Does anyone find, uh, any stress at all spending holidays with their family? almost no one. Wow. I suck. That's cool. Um, Spending holidays, my my family, I love, it's my wife's family. I love my wife's family, but they came to visit and they flew Southwest and they got stuck here. (laughs) This is a true, it's a true story. I was like, man, I'm so glad you guys are here. They're like, well, we're here for seven more days. And I was like, no, (laughs) what? You add these stresses. Suddenly, that, uh, that small fireplace, you've thrown all the logs on it, and you burnt your house down. That's what your mental health is. You go, oh, man, it was just a little bit hotter than it was before. It's fine. This just a little bit hotter than it was before. It's fine. It's just a little bit hotter than it was before. It's fine. And suddenly, you go, where did my house go? And if you do it in the summer, you burn the whole state down. <laughs> and that's a good metaphor for the people in your life, where sometimes you can have mental health issues, and it's okay. And sometimes you burn other people up. So we're going to talk about that today. And to know, I'm going to say some things that talk about mental illness and kind of from my life, but like, don't think I'm projecting that you all have anxiety disorders and need to be on medication. Uh, I am just saying, though, that I can promise you that every single one of you has an area in your life where you go, well, I probably got to tune that up. That fire is just a little bit too hot. So what we're going to do is, um, I've been to a lot of therapy. I'm basically a therapist now. I've gone to so much. Um, No no board of doctors would agree with that. Um, But I'm going to give you the information that I was given. But I'm also going to turn to the Bible because I think it's important. I think when you read the Bible, especially um, when you're looking for life change, okay? Not... Not just to be like, I want to be a better person. I'm going to read it as like a, like a motivational vitamin. But you're really looking to have your heart change and your life change. It's pretty important. Uh, but I do need to point out, you've got to read it through the, la- through the right lens. Because if you're unhealthy and you read the Bible, you can take out some pretty whack things. Uh, Noah, for example, we know Noah. You know, God told him to build him an arky arky how to go for barky-barky. <laughs> Animals that came in by twosies twosies, elephants and kangaroosies-roosies. He spent 40 days while it rained and he spent 120 days trapped on an ark and he got off the ark and he was like, oh, look, a rainbow. And then he promptly got drunk and naked in front of his kids. This is in the Bible. And so some of you, I know, you didn't read that passage, but I know what you did during the pandemic. You were like, is it too early for wine? And it's like, it's nine o'clock on a Tuesday. You're like, it's perfect. I can dunk my donut in this, right? It's communion. You're like, no. That's not how this goes. So you read these things in the Bible. You got to read through the right lens. Okay, so we're going to be in John chapter five. Uh, it's, it's, if you have the version Bible app, I recommend opening that up. Not, not because of what I'm going to say. I'm going to read it all to you, but it's a really great reference to have moving forward. So um, in John five, it starts like this "This afterwards. And that's a great place to stop. Uh, if you see the word afterwards, that's a transitional statement. We need to know what happened before. Because if we don't know what happened before, we don't really know why we're reading what happened after. In John chapter four, let me just summarize for you really quickly. Jesus is walking through the region of Samaria and he meets a Samaritan woman. She's not a popular lady, does not have a lot of friends. And as he talks to her, he reveals a secret. Shh, I'm the Messiah. She goes, hey, we know we've been praying. We've been waiting for for one that will worship. And he goes, I'm the one you're waiting for. And then she promptly runs back to town to all the people that she doesn't like and don't like her. And she goes, hey, you know what you should do? Follow me. And meet the Messiah. And they all come out they go, we don't really think that he's the Messiah, but we'll indulge. And they meet him. they go, holy crap, he's the Messiah. And they all start following Jesus. He says, he stays for two more days because they won't let him leave. They want to keep hearing from him. So finally he goes, all right, guys, I got to go. As he's on his way, he is stopped by a government official. And the official says, hey, my son has a fever. He's sick, he's dying. I need you to come heal my son. And Jesus says, your son will live, bye. And he walks off. Does not help that we know of, until the official goes, oh, okay, like Jesus said, he'll, he'll live, I guess. But as he's walking home, he's intercepted by a servant. And the servant says, hey, big news, your son's better. And he goes, hey, when did that happen? And he goes, uh, about this time of day. And he goes, that's when I was talking to Jesus. Jesus goes, hey, your son will live. And from miles away, the son was healed. And Jesus walks off. So we get to John chapter five. Afterwards, Jesus returns to Jerusalem for one of the Jewish holy days, and inside the city near the sheep gate was the pool of Bethesda with five covered porches. Now, this pool is a special pool. Uh, There there is an angel that would come down and stir the water, and when the water would bubble, if you were the first person in the pool, you would be healed. So people would, would surround it. In fact, it says that crowds of sick people, blind, lame, paralyzed, lay on the porches, and one of the men Uh, had been laying sick there for 38 years. And when Jesus saw him and knew he had been ill for a long time, he asked him, would you like to get well? I can't, sir, the sick man said. Jesus comes to this sick man and says, would you like to be well? Would you like to be healed? And he says, I can't. Doesn't say no, doesn't say yes. He says, I can't. And this sounds like a guy who's just like, man, I've been sick for a long time. But the important piece is this. This is what depressed people sound like, okay? As one myself, when, my, when I am feeling low, when I am feeling not well, and my wife goes, what do you need? How can I help? This is what I say, nothing. Nothing can help. She goes, well, can we try something? And I go, no. <laughs> and she wants to smack me across the face. I said on Thursday, I said, she probably wants to smack me. And she said after church, she goes, you can take out probably. (laughs) Those were her exact words. She goes, you can take out probably. I absolutely want to smack you across the face when you say that. Jesus comes to this man and he says, would you like to be made well? This is what I'm offering you. By the way, um, let's change that wording with what we know from the before part of the story. The Messiah who can heal people from miles away said, would you like to be made well? And he says, I can't. It goes on to say this. I can't, sir, the sick man said, for I have no one to put me in the pool when the water bubbles up. Someone always gets there ahead of me. This is where the context is really important. Who was at the pool? Paralyzed, lame, blind people. This is what that man just said. Would you like be made well? I can't. The blind guys have it too good. (laughs) When the water bubbles, they just stumble into the pool and they can see, not me. I just have to lay here, skipping leg day every day. This is what he said. He's talking to the Messiah. He goes, I can the blind guys. They're so fast. <laughs> what? This is what's happening. It continues. Someone else always gets their head of me, and Jesus tells them. I just, I just imagined Jesus was not, I don't know what his tone was, but his next words were, stand up pick up your mat and walk. And I assume it's the same way I tell my toddler to put your shoes on. Um, I don't think he was like, okay, little buddy, stand up. He goes, stand up, pick up your mat, walk. He goes, you haven't stood up in a long time. I'm gonna need you to trust me right now. Stand up. So he stands up. He goes, I'm gonna need you to take another step. I'm gonna need you to bend over for the first time in 38 years. He bends over, picks up his mat. He goes, now walk. And he doesn't walk like a baby giraffe. Like, what's happening? He's healed. And he starts walking. And it says, instantly the man was healed. He rolled up his sleeping mat and began walking. But this miracle happened on the Sabbath. And so the Jewish leaders objected. They said to the man who was cured, you can't work on the Sabbath. The law doesn't allow you to carry that sleeping mat. This is hilarious too, because there's another story in the Bible where Jesus heals a man. And he's been sick for a long time. And the people asked, they said, who sinned, this man or his parents, that that he would be sick? So the assumption is if you've been sick for 38 years, like you did a really bad sin. So Jesus goes, hey, get up. And the first thing he does is get up. He's like, I'm gonna start sinning again. (laughs) He picks up his mat because you couldn't carry that on Sabbath. So he just immediately was like, I'm gonna go back to it. Um, Which is, We obviously know him carrying the mat was not why he was sick. He replies to them, the man who healed me told me, pick up your mat and walk. And they said, who said such a thing as that? And the man didn't know for Jesus had disappeared into the crowd. You've been sick for 38 years. Stand up, pick up your mat, walk. Hey, who healed you? I don't know. That seems like someone you'd wanna know. That seems like someone you'd want to exchange phone numbers with, doesn't it? That way, the next time you're sick, you're like, hey, Jesus, I really don't wanna wait for this, uh, this COVID to go away. I don't wanna quarantine for 10 days right now. Could you heal me? He goes, hey, who healed you? He goes, I don't know, because he disappeared. Now, this is important uh, because if, if you are ever going to talk to somebody with mental health, mental, mental illness issues, people who are in a low state of, of mental well being, and they say, This is how I'm feeling right now, and you say to them, Have you prayed about it? they get to smack your face off of your face. Do we agree? They get to turn you into a Mr. Potato Head and send your parts flying, okay? I say that to preface what I'm about to say, which is, I think you should pray, okay? I'm not saying you're you're still mentally unwell because you haven't prayed. I'm saying, I think you should pray, but my question to you is this. Do you know who you are talking to when you pray? This man has the Messiah who can heal people from a long ways away, come up to him and go, would you like to be made well? And he goes, I can't. Instead of going, I know who you are. Yes, that is what I want. And then when they go, hey, who healed you? He didn't go, the Messiah, who can heal people from far away and from right in front of them. He goes, I don't know. Because if you just pray, I know, I believe that there's a God out there somewhere let me ask him, hey, God, I'm, I'm feeling unwell, physically, spiritually, emotionally, mentally, whatever. I'm feeling unwell. Could you, could you help? I just don't think you understand who you're talking to. Here's what I want to point out. If you know who you're talking to, there, there are three things you need to know. First one is this. Jesus could heal your mental health today, but sometimes he walks through a crowd of sick people and doesn't heal them. In this story, they said, "Who said this to you?" and he said, "I don't know." For Jesus had disappeared into the crowd. He shows up, remember? Five porches covered with sick people, all waiting to be healed and Jesus goes, "Take up your mat and walk." And then he deuces. And he leaves five porches of sick people. You may ask God to heal you, and he may not do it. And we tend to lose faith over that. You we know, go, "I've been asking and I've been praying." He just keeps saying, no, I don't even know if he's real. I don't even know if he loves me. But if you read scripture, like that's kind of a normal thing for him. The amount of times that crowds are asking him to help and he goes, I need to go by myself and sit up on a mountain and talk to God is pretty frequent. The next thing is this. He may heal you, he may not, but he died on a cross for your sins. And if he never answers your prayers the way that you want ever again, that's still enough. If every prayer you pray, you say, God, will you? And he goes, no, God, will you? No, God, will you? No. But he died and rose from the grave for your sins. That's all we can ask for. Like that's, that's enough to serve him faithfully. The third thing is this. If you have poor mental health or mental illness issues for the rest of your life, that will be 0% of eternity. I want you to think about that. I'm 31, almost 32 years old. Let's triple my life. I get to 96 years old. I can't even fathom it. Okay. When I was 20, I was like, man, 40. Not that 40 seemed old, but it seemed so far away. It was double my life. I'm 32. I look to 40. I mean, like, that's still eight years away. I have a really hard time thinking about eight years away then you go, okay, well, now like my financial advisor's like, you should put money away for retirement when you're in your 60s and 70s. And I go, that is never gonna happen. Like, I'm never gonna be 60. I'm gonna live forever. 70, 80, 90 years, that's a long time to live. It's 0% of what we get with God. And you can be, you can be sick, you can be sad, you can be angry, for a long, 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 long time. And it's 0% of the perfection that we get from Jesus. And we have to have that perspective because Jesus is willing to walk away from sick people because he knows it's not about how you feel today. It's not. It's about serving him, it's about following him, it's about being with him forever. Now, what I don't want you to do is hear me say that and go, oh, then I should just expect to be sad every day. Like, I don't want that either for you, but once you know who you're talking to, you know that he could heal you, he might not, but even if he doesn't, he died for your sins. And by the way, you get to be with him forever. Then it's about, do you know who you're talking to? It's the same question, but the emphasis is on a different word. This is what, this is what God's word says just about mental health in general, ready? Philippians 4, 6 through 8. Don't worry about anything, but instead pray about everything. Tell God what you need and thank him for all he has done. Then you will experience God's peace, God's peace which exceeds anything we can understand. His peace will guard your hearts and minds as you live in Christ Jesus. And now, dear brothers and sisters, one final thing. Fix your thoughts on what is true and honorable and right and pure and lovely and admirable. Think about things that are excellent and worthy of praise. 2 Timothy 1:7. For God has not given us a spirit of fear and timidity, but of power, love, and self-discipline. Isaiah 41:10. Don't be afraid, for I am with you. Don't be discouraged, for I am your God. I will strengthen you and help you. I will hold you up with my victorious right hand. First Thessalonians 5, 16 through 22. Always be joyful. Never stop praying. Be thankful in all circumstances for this is God's will for you who belong to Christ Jesus. Do not stifle the Holy Spirit. Do not scoff at prophecies, but test everything that is said. Hold on to what is good. Stay away from every kind of evil. Romans 12 2. Don't copy the behaviors and customs of this world, but let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think. And then you will learn to know God's will for you, which is good and pleasing and perfect. Galatians 1.10. Obviously, I'm not trying to win the approval of people, but of God. If pleasing people were my goal, I would not be Christ's servant. As I press I pressed search on Google to find that list. I said, hey, I need verses on mental health search. And it pulled that up. So if you're sitting here today, you go like, I don't know where to start. But like, I'm really struggling with fill in the blank. You just go to Google <laughs> and you type in Bible verses about insert struggle here search. And it'll give you a list. And when you know who said that, and then you know what he said, it should make an impact on your life. Because it's not me saying it. It's not your parents saying it. It's not your boss saying it. It's not your spouse saying it. Like it's, it's the Messiah saying it. Now, we're gonna get into the practical part. The part where my counselor was like, hey, Trevor, do these things. And I, I sometimes listened over the four years. Um, but I need to say something on the mental illness side of things. Cause I'm going to say some things that sound like, like, oh, did you drink water and get exercise that can help? And people with mental illness like myself would go shut up. Okay. I need to say this. If you are here today and you are having um, real dark thoughts, okay. The anxiety makes you want to throw up. The depression makes you not want to live those sorts of things. Those are, those are real feelings. So you need to tell someone trustworthy. Don't just tell someone. Don't just walk out the door here and find the first person that, that will listen to you and tell them. You need to tell someone trustworthy, okay? That's the first thing. The second thing is this, you need to go to a doctor. I'm not a doctor. I'm not telling you that you need to be on medication. I'll let a doctor decide that. But I can tell you this, medication keeps you alive. And if that's what you need, didn't do that. You guys would think I was crazy if I said, guys, I just got diagnosed with cancer and the doctor was like, I think you need chemo. And I go, I have essential oils. I'll be fine. I'll think positive. I'll read the verse of the day on the YouVersion app. It'll be great. You would go, no, you need to go to your appointments. If you are seriously struggling with something, you need to go to a professional. And the third thing is this, you need to start dating counselors. Okay, not literally. Don't be like, well, listen, free therapy if I just date a counselor. (laughs) But you need to go to a counselor and go, hey, listen, I've I've got some stuff going on and know that that might be a really awkward first date. When when I found my therapist, um, I went to four. I went to the first one. I went, this isn't working. This is a really awkward first date. So I left. And I went and found another counselor. I went in and I was like, you know, like, I don't know. You seem like a fine person, but like, it's not you. It's me. We should probably just like, not, not pursue this. Went to another counselor and I was like, honestly, you're not bad. Uh, I don't feel like we connect super well, but I feel like you're really good at your job. So I'm gonna like trust you in that. But I was still like, yeah, but what, what other counselors doing though? Hey, shot a, <laughs> you know, kind of, you know, hey, I got my main, my main squeeze, but I got a pinch on the side over here, trying to still find another counselor. So, I finally walked into this, this therapist's office, and um, let me tell you why I connected with, with my counselor, my therapist. Number one, she and her husband had a history of doing ministry. Like, they were full time vocational pastors who became counselors. And I said, okay, it's really weird for me um, to sometimes not like my job or, or struggle with my job and go, man, like, I professionally serve the Lord, and it sucks sometimes. <laughs> That's a weird sentence, but she got it. Second thing is this um, her background. Uh, she had an undergrad degree from the University of Tennessee. I used to live in Tennessee. I'm a huge volunteers fan, Rocky top. That was a reason I chose my counselor. Oh, she went to Tennessee. I used to live there. That's great. One of the churches she and her husband worked at was in a little town called Muscatine, Iowa. You ever heard of it? Of course not. Guess who used to live there though. Yeah, boy. I said, Oh, you've been in ministry. We lived in the same, just not great little town in Iowa we both like the volunteers. That was enough for me. I don't know if you're a good counselor or not. We'll figure that out along the way, but I will keep coming back because I can open up to you. And if that's where you're at, you need to be able to open up to someone. And so just know the first person you go to, it might not work out, but that doesn't mean that counseling doesn't work. It means that person wasn't a good fit for you. So you need to keep trying, okay? Now let's move to the mental health side. If you are mentally unhealthy, you need to identify your signs that you are unhealthy. Let me read some to you. If you are unwilling to try something new, that's a sign that you're like mentally stuck. If you're an overly negative person, when you used to be a really positive person, you go, man, something's just different. Remember that, that funhouse mirror? It's a little bit warped. Used to be really positive, not really feeling that. That should be a sign. Um, letting life happen to you, being passive when you used to just be a go-getter. Complacency, self-obsession, uh, being lethargic or lazy, being angry, prideful, uh, lying to cover up for yourself when you used to just be like, "I'll just take the ownership," and now you're like, "I gotta save some face here." That's that's unhealthy. Um, envy or greed, fear, gluttony, lust—like these are things that if you go, "Hey, I'm noticing that I tend to have this reaction to things," then you need to go identify—or sorry—pinpoint your pain points. So identify your signs. And then pinpoint, hey, what's happening when I feel this way? What's going on in my life that I, I'm now such a bitter person or I'm such a, I closed off to everyone around me. Why did that happen? Um, what are things that you can simply cut out of your life that would fall into that category? Let me give you a good example right now in, in the Ferris household. Turn off KHQ. KHQ, always local. KHQ, always Idaho murders, nonstop. Nonstop darkness, 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 darkness. My wife, this is a real conversation. My wife goes, hey, um, I was reading that 19 page document that they told me to read on the news. And uh, it like made me like really, like I was getting sick. So I'll wait and read it in the morning when it's not dark outside. It's, Just don't read it. Put it away. You can cut that out. You don't have to look at that. Did you know that? You don't have to watch Jeffrey Dahmer documentaries on Netflix. Did you know that? Yeah, but people on Twitter said, I don't care about Twitter. Quit reading it. Quit watching it. Okay? What about things you need to release? Did you not get your to-do list done yesterday? You're like, Saturday. I got all this thing going to get done. And you like maybe folded a pair of socks for laundry. And you're just like, man, I got nothing done. You're beating yourself up over it. Let it go. Let it go. Because guess what? Whether you do the laundry today or not, you're going to have to do it again in three days. You're like, you're like that's cute. You only have two kids. Um
1: I gotta do it every single day.
0: Okay, don't do it today. Guess what? You're still gonna do it tomorrow either, either way. So just let it go. Are there relationships, relationships that you have, people you need to forgive, people you need forgiveness from? If you're holding, I say this because someone here's doing it. If you're holding on to something that happened 18 months ago and you're just like, yeah, but they never said they're sorry. They're probably not gonna. And you don't have to keep hating them for it. I'm not saying you have to be best friends with them. I'm saying you're holding on and carrying stuff that you don't have to. So you know who you're talking to and you know who you're talking to and you know the signs that you're unhealthy and you're seeing the things that make you unhealthy. Now, there are some things you can't avoid. Sometimes at work, you're not gonna get the credit that you deserve and someone else is gonna get that credit and you're gonna get mad about it and you're gonna get jealous about it and and it's gonna turn into a little bit of an obsession. And then you're going to open your Bible because now you're going to go back and read, okay, but, but what did the Messiah who can heal say? And what he said was, hey, did you, did you do that for your boss? Did you do that for your company? Or, or do you do everything for my glory? And you let that go. Uh, one thing that my therapist said to me, um, if your inner voice is overly negative when you are alone, find a new soundtrack to play when you're in the car. That's where I'm alone the most is in my car. Is said, literally play the audio version of the Bible app or play Christian music because what if instead, these are her words, because what if instead of telling you that you suck, you instead worship God? And you put that negative energy that I would normally just sit and go like, man, I should have done that or I haven't, I haven't crossed this off my to-do list and I got I to stay up late tonight because I got to do this. She goes, well, what if you just, just listened to Christian music instead and turn that part of your brain off for, for 20 minutes? we're carrying enough stuff as it is. And the longer that we carry it, the heavier that it gets and the more and more painful it gets and the worse and worse we feel. And we don't have to. Would you pray with me? Father God, we just come before you and I just wanna, I just wanna pray for people. I know, I know what I'm carrying. I know I don't like it. I know um, that for some reason I continue to carry it. And, and I just wanna pray uh, First of all, for myself, that I would stop. I also wanna lift up people in the room uh, that they would just identify what it is that that they're doing that's a sign that they are mentally unhealthy and that they would understand that they don't have to be, that you can take that from them or they can give that to you and they, they can be a better version of themselves as they follow you. God, I just, I just lift up the people who got, who got like real stuff going on um, I pray that they would they would find the help, the relief, the healing um, the hope that they're looking for God usually they may pray amen.